BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The Chicago Bulls and following for the disabled player exception seem to be set to do something they've only done once in the team's history, and that is pay the luxury tax. We're going to talk about that. Can the Bulls stay competitive in an Eastern Conference that some teams have definitely improved, but it seems like a lot of the teams have kind of stayed the same. We're going to talk about that and the get into the mailbag, all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host, Sir Hayes. You guys can follow the show right off the top at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform. And I want to remind everybody, Bulls, uh, Chicago Bulls Central is also available on iTunes, uh, Spotify, every podcasting platform of your choice. Make sure you guys check us out there. If you're on the podcast side, go and subscribe to the YouTube. If you're on the YouTube side, go and leave a review over on the podcast side on your podcasting app. Of choice, but let's get into the content for today. Uh, the Chicago Bulls are set now to pay the luxury tax, possibly the for the second time only in, in team history. When you look at the Bulls now filing for the disabled player exception, if they use that at all, even if they don't use it fully, right, a portion of it, they are going to go into the luxury tax. And when you talk, when you think about AK in the season-ending press conference, and you know he talked about going into the luxury tax and how ownership is always ga- given the green light, but he did specifically say. The team had to be between four and six uh, in the Eastern Conference standings, and they would be able to go into the luxury tax to keep their team together. I think when you also look at another thing that uh, they said towards the end of the season, and when AK said that he's ready to present to ownership uh, the chance of going into the luxury tax, and I think they looked at the disabled player exception, and they looked at where the team was and how they need to try to improve the team, keep their players together, that AK maybe made the argument and ownership bit on it now we're going to wait and see if it actually comes to fruition right we should know if we if we got the disabled player exception within a a few days less than a week and we'll see if the bulls get to work on using that and if they do hey listen uh the bulls will be paying the luxury tax for the second time in team history now i've always been someone to say paying the luxury tax is not necessarily indicative of a team indicative that's the word i'm looking for because english is a thing indicative of a team being able to compete but i do think when you look at either keeping a team together, being able to add uh, uh, salary to your team when you're strapped, right? It, it helps to be able to go into the luxury tax. And with the situation that the Bulls are in, having a $20 million contract that's just sitting there that they can't get anything out of because of Lonzo Ball's injury, going into the luxury tax to try to overcome that somewhat, it makes sense. And, I, and I'm glad that the Bulls are making those moves, right? Now, we got to see how they use it. Hopefully, they help 
you know, change that shot profile, which Javon Carter signing already does to a certain degree. But also, just what the player that they get with this disabled player exception is going to be heavily scrutinized because this is this is your this is your last really weapon to add a considerable talent to the team. Yes, we still have part of our mid-level exception. Yes, we still have the biannual exception. We got exceptions. We got exceptions out the wazoo, right? Don't have a lot of salary cap space, but we do have exceptions. And AK is going to have to get creative to make the most out of those exceptions to where they can turn into viable assets and players that can help the Chicago Bulls team win. We went out and got a point guard and a shooter in Javon Carter that we needed. We kept Nikola Vucevic, who I know a lot of Bulls fans are up and down on, but Again, we had no reasonable way, a realistic way, to be able to replace his production and what he brings to the team. We were able to keep him. Kobe White, 23 years old, still has tons of upside. We were able to keep him on team-friendly deals, right? And so I think when you look at what the what the Bulls have done um, as far as the, the contracts that they've brought in, all team-friendly deals, all deals that are easily movable or included in a big trade if one were to come available, which we'll talk about the trade deadline because I think we're in for a more active trade deadline than what some Bulls fans are thinking. But those things, you can't overlook those things. Is the team roster construction perfect now? No. But depending on what they do with this disabled player exception, it can drastically change the outlook. And I know there's no perfect player that turns the Bulls into a championship contender that they're more than likely to get with that disabled player exception. We know this. But they can get a team, and as we've seen before with teams, if you get the right pieces and those pieces fit and they can gel and come together, it matters. And you can punch above your weight. And when you look at the Eastern Conference, right, and the next question that we have, can the Bulls stay competitive in the Eastern Conference? And really, when you look at the Eastern Conference standards, I'll tell you what, there are absolutely teams that have improved. I look at the New York Knicks and what they've done with the assets that they have, they have absolutely improved, right? You cannot deny that, at least I would, right? You look at teams like, as well, the Indiana Pacers and what they were able to go out and get. They have improved. You look at the Charlotte Hornets and now rumors that they could be going after Grant Williams, but you look at what they did in in uh, drafting Brandon Miller. If they can stay healthy, they have improved somewhat as well. The Orlando Magic's always a, a threat to, you know, that one of the, the young players to really take that next step up. And if they do, things can change for them. But when you look at the top of the Eastern Conference, the Milwaukee Bucks kind of stayed the same. Now, again, they're the top of the East. They have more leeway to do that more than anyone else, so that makes sense there. You look at the Boston Celtics. Depending on how you view the Marcus Smart going out and Kristaps Porzingis coming in and what else they can do with other spots on their rosters, is Malcolm Brockton going to be healthy, right? I still think uh, it's, it's enough there to say, hey, let's wait and see, right? The Philadelphia 76ers, I have no idea how to call it yet. Yes, they signed Patrick Beverly, um, but they still need to figure out something to do with James Harden. The Cleveland Cavaliers, a young team, that still has that upside because of the development from them. But when you really look at the Brooklyn Nets who finished six, yes, that is a solid overall team, and I like their roster a lot. Um, not uh, not one, of the, one of the very few rosters I'm kind of jealous of future projections with. But the Atlanta Hawks haven't gotten much better, at least not to me, right? The Miami Heat, they definitely haven't gotten better. The Bulls can stay competitive. Am I saying that they are going to be able to avoid the play-in? No, the roster isn't finished yet, and it's not finished for a lot of these teams. Free agency is not done. But I do think that for the, for the Bulls fans that didn't think that the Bulls were that far off, that we needed some shooting, we needed a point guard, it seems like we're going to be able to add those things, and then we can stay competitive in the Eastern Conference. But one of the things that I do want to talk about, regardless of where the Bulls sit over the course of the beginning of the season or not, the Bulls are set up, I think, to be more active at the trade deadline than what we've been definitely the last two years in which we haven't made a move outside of buyout signings. But the reason why I don't think that this trade deadline is going to be a quiet one for the Bulls is I think that 
you look at bringing in a player with that disabled player exception, right? Kind of how some of the makeup. Iota Sumu is probably going to be back. We don't know if he's going to have a long-term deal or not, right? Uh, DeMar DeRozan's expiring contract. Already hearing some rumblings with the Bulls and even players like Zach Levine, things like that. I think that the Bulls have set themselves up. I'm not willing to say yet that it's going to be that for sure, only because we know this team and this front office so far that has shown kind of, in, not inability, but a, a lack of desire to move off some of their pieces. But we'll see, right? You know, the Bulls last season could have tried to move Nikola Vucevic rather than get into a contract negotiation with him and potentially lose him for nothing. Do they run a similar situation with DeMar DeRozan? Or do they try to lock him into an extension during the season to avoid get it, being there again, right? Those type of things go on. But, you know, ultimately, I do think that the Bulls may be set up. When you look at Alice Caruso's contract, when you even look at, you know, maybe even a Kobe White, if Kobe White does continue, like, I think that the Bulls have now easily movable contracts. One thing that we have not had the last couple of years as well is sizable contracts that you can use to match for a big talent. I think now when you look at the $10 million here, the $11 million there, the $6 million there, the $9 million there, the Bulls have kind of now those salaries that you see uh, that you see put in deals for larger contracts, right? The fact of the matter is smaller contracts that uh, uh, we've had, always had big contracts, right? The big three have always gotten paid a lot. But those were sizable contracts just based off one player. Now, when you look at the Chicago Bulls, they have the, the, the smaller contracts that don't have long term. Alex Caruso's money isn't long anymore, right? You look at Alonzo Ball's contract, which I don't think they're going to move, but you just never know. So after this season, one year left on that deal. You look at Kobe White, yeah, three years left on the deal, but less than the mid-level exception, right? So I do think that the Bulls have set themselves up to be more of a player if a free agent, disgruntled star, whatever comes available. It's just the biggest question is, are they going to take advantage of it? I still don't see this front office necessarily moving off first-round picks for a while. I think that they're going to try to hold on to all the picks that they own outright. Again, another thing that is evident with the way that uh, this free agency is going, I tell you what, everybody who's been worried about that Portland pick, that Portland pick ain't convenient, right? It's going to go probably towards where it always goes and uh, or, or where uh, you know it turns in, I think, two seconds in 2028-29. That's probably the most likely outcome at this point. Once they trade Dame Lillard, we don't think that they're going to make the playoffs anytime soon. So those protections, it's not going to happen. And you're probably not going to convince another team either once Dame is traded that, hey, we got this first round, this first round Portland pick if they don't make if they make the playoffs, because most teams are going to realize unless Scoot Henderson just comes out like a young Derrick Rose or Shaden Sharp hits a great uh, a leap in his second year, doesn't seem like that team is going to make the playoffs. So that pick isn't conveying. So I do think that the Chicago Bulls are going to try to hold on to their first-round picks. But now we have those, those contracts that can be pieced together to do some other things, those contracts that teams may look at and say, hey, this isn't a, this isn't a bad deal to be moved. So, you know, I think that the Bulls have set themselves up now to be more of a player at, at the trade deadline than what they ever have before. I've gone into every trade deadline the last two years telling you guys it's unlikely the Bulls do anything when you just look at the fact we had a lot of players making two, three, four, five million dollars, and the players that come available around that trade deadline typically aren't aren't in that level, right? So, it, it, I think now the Bulls have set themselves up a little bit better to be that. We'll end up seeing if they take advantage of it, though. That is the biggest question left uh, if they do. But regardless of looking forward to the trade deadline, I think that AK and Eversley have done a fair job at this free agency thus far, right? They've put themselves in a proper and decent position. Now we just got to see them 
Take advantage of it, right? And one of the biggest question marks that I do think is that with the moves that the Bulls have made and the Bulls that they could still yet make, right? And we'll ultimately have to see if they make those deals. But if they do, I think it kind of puts more of a spotlight on Billy Donovan's coaching, right? And not to say that Billy Donovan has a risk of being fired. You guys know, I think Billy Donovan's going to be here, unfortunately, another three years at the minimum. Um, but with that said, it really does put a highlight on Billy Donovan's coaching and his ability to get the most out of his players. You already heard that one of the things in his negotiation was Nikola Vucevic talking about his role and how he's used on the team. And so I think that that's starting to put a spotlight on those things in the correct area. Does Billy Donovan make a change? Does having a point guard now from the start of the season in Javon Carter change a little bit, right? Those are kind of the things that now we can zoom in and see. Still got some, some absolute work that we need to finish in this free agency period using that disabled player exception using the rest of our mid-level exception, what's going on with Io? What's going on with Marco, who the Bulls now have four days left to make a decision on Marco Simonovic's contract. So we'll end up seeing what that brings. But all right, let's go ahead. It's offseason. Been a lot of things going on. I'm probably going to dive into the mailbag a little bit once each episode this week. But let's go ahead and get to this first one. This one's hey, from JB. Uh, good evening, uh, Brother Hayes. This is uh, JB from Evanston uh, calling you. I haven't talked to you in a while. But anyway, um, just responding to your last uh, video, uh, as far as Grant Williams, I would be really happy if the Bulls were to acquire him. I love his physicality. Experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boost. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code BULLCENTRAL, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code BULLCENTRAL to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Physicality, his um, his uh, toughness, I really like his playoff experience with the Boston Celtics. Uh, he's been in a winning situation for a while. Plus, I really like his outside shooting that he would bring to the Chicago Bulls. Um, as far as Obamba, I'm very intrigued with him. His length, his outside shooting, the possible rim protection that he would bring to the Chicago Bulls, I would also uh, be happy with him as well. Lastly, I was really happy with the uh, with the last uh, signing and everything with uh, with uh, the point guard that we got. Really happy with him, the point guard that we got from Milwaukee. Uh, he brings outside shooting, tough defense, and also that's Javon Carter, by the way. But I was really happy with that signing. That's the guy that I really wanted the Bulls to acquire to play our point guard position really a position of need for quite some time. So anyway, I think he could really bring a lot to the team. And also his playoff uh, experience with Milwaukee, the Bucks, and really uh, that's uh, my um, response to the last video for you. And thank you so much for always the great content that you bring to all of us Chicago Bulls fans that really love the team and a team that we have a great uh, deal of passion for. Thank you once again for the great work that you do. Have a nice evening. Thank you. All right. 
Uh, Brent Williams is a great target for the Bulls. I know it's not a flashy target or anything, but it's somebody who absolutely the money makes sense. Uh, the role makes sense as well, whether he's starting or uh, backing up Patrick Williams at that power forward position. I think he's a good target there. He brings the playoff experience. He has, what, 68 career playoff games already in his young career, I think, something like that. I may, I may, be, I may be overstating that one a little bit, but he has a nice amount of career playoff games that he has that he can bring that the Chicago Bulls team just does not have, right? We don't have that on this team. We got a lot of people who play two, if you're counting playing games, two playoff games in their whole career. So being able to bring that in as well, as I verify, yes, uh, he's played 61 Grant Williams playoff games in his career, started five of those. And in that, you know, not great averages, but when you look at five points per game, uh, he's averaged 46% shooting, 43% three-point range uh, in the playoffs. That is a player that we can absolutely use that mindset. Now, is he going to come? You hear like Charlotte Hornets are now interested in Grant Williams. There's some rumblings around that. But I like what Grant Williams could potentially bring for this team. Is he perfect? Does he bring everything? No. But that does not mean that he still does not bring some things that we can absolutely use on the Chicago Bulls team. As far as the Javon Carter signing, I think we all know. We all, I like, let me not say every Bulls fan, right? Because we do have some Bulls fans that, because it wasn't, especially looking at Russell Westbrook's contract, things like that, they aren't happy. But I really do love the Javon Carter signing. I think he's going to pay off big time for the Chicago Bulls, in my opinion. That's my opinion. Not everyone has to share that, and that is okay. Uh, let's get into this next one. This one's from Retro. Hey, this is Retro from Columbus, Georgia. I was just wondering, uh, who do you think the Bulls is going to get with the stable player that they just got that they might get from Lonzo? Uh, we don't know when they're going to get it, so that's $7.2 million. Um, looking at Brady, I don't really see anyone that I think would be worth that much. But also, uh, I was thinking who in the trade market would worth less than $10 million, but could be moved for like a second round pick or something. For me, I think it's uh, Danilo Gallinari, but uh, I just want to hear what your opinion is. All right, and Reginald presents um, Danilo Gallinari as a potential target for the uh, designate, the disabled player exception. Now, I do have a whole video, uh, which will be linked below, on potential targets the Bulls can go both in the trade market and in free agency to use that disabled player exception on. But I do think Danilo Gallinari is one that presents an interesting um, prospect for the Chicago Bulls, and I think it's a good one. When we look at Danilo Gallinari's career, right? Yes, he missed all of last season due to an ACL injury. His game's never really been based off athleticism, so I'm not too worried about that affecting, you know, what, you know, you'll, you see every player kind of when they first come back from ACL, it takes a little bit minute to trust. And I do think he'll go through that, but his overall game, I think will stay the same. Danilo Gallinari, who was originally drafted in 2028, he's been in the league for a long time. Shout out to him for staying around. Uh, but his career, 15 points per game in his career, 4.8 rebounds, 1.9 assists, right? Uh, right under a steal per game. He doesn't foul the ball. Only 1.8 fouls per game. Only 1.2 turnovers per game for his career. But the key thing is, is look at those shooting splits. He, t he averages 11 shots per game for his career. He hits those at a 42% clip. And he's a career 38% three-point shooter, averaging five three-pointers per game. That is absolutely a skill set. Out of position of need, being able to play both that small forward, power forward uh, position, for the Chicago Bulls, I like the potential of Danilo Gallinari on this team. The biggest question is, are the Washington Wizards going to be worthy or, or look to move off of that deal? That's the question that you have to ask. With Kyle Kuzma coming back, could they potentially? Hey, listen, they got him in a trade that he was clearly filler in. So let's see if he does. I, I like Danilo Gallinari, but like I said before, it'll be linked below. I have a whole video on uh, players that the Bulls could target with that disabled player exception. Make sure you guys check that out if you haven't already. 
right, let's get into this next voicemail. This one's for Marshawn. How you doing? Hey, this is Marshawn from Chicago. You know me, baby, all about some games. Um, I have an interesting thought and an interesting take. Um, I know a lot of Bulls fans have the tendency to criticize the front office for not, quote, unquote, landing big-name free agents or making a big swing or not getting the big names to build some sort of super team so we can compete. My thing is this. What if they are actually trying to uh, get these free agents to Chicago, but it's not necessarily the team that's the problem, more so the city. And what I mean is, what about Chicago, the city as a whole, is an attractive free agent destination? Where you have um, cities such as uh, Miami with the lore of Miami and the energy of Miami and the tax freeness of the state, and then you got Los Angeles, which is pretty much Hollywood, Tesseltown, uh, uh, Houses on the Hills. Uh, you got places like New York which is the Mecca, the Big Apple. What is it, you know, although Chicago is one of the, uh, considered a large market, um, what is it that is not as alluring about Chicago to attract big-name creators? For one, the weather during the uh, during the season is pretty terrible. You know, we get pretty terrible weather during the season. Not only that, but Chicago has not had the best rep uh has not the best, um, how you say, um, um, quality or whatever as far as uh, uh, crime rate. The media created uh, the media as a whole, even though Chicago is within, uh, not even within the top ten, top ten of most dangerous cities to live in in the world. The media has created this image of Chicago as being a very violent, very dangerous place to live, and that can cause a lot of free agents to turn their back towards the city and. And whatnot, because a lot of these free agents also are family men, and they would have to uproot their families to move to a city. And if they don't feel it's safe, a lot of free agents will turn their back and go, "Nah, I'd rather go play in a city with a warmer climate anyway." Such as, you know, like I said, L.A., uh, Miami, uh, Phoenix, uh, you know, areas like that where the climate is a little bit warmer. Even Texas, where the climates and stuff are a little bit better and whatnot. Just want to um, get your thoughts on that. All right, there's nothing that fires me up more than people shitting on the city of Chicago. Marshawn, I'm not saying that you are. I just mean in general. Yes, the public view and the way that the media presents Chicago absolutely puts a sour taste in a lot of people's uh, minds with Chicago. But let's not forget, Chicago is one of the best restaurant uh, uh, scenes in the world, not just America. We, we have the second best or I think third best overall theater, dance, and live performance scenes in the country, right? The festivals that happen in Chicago, Summertime Shy, The Shed, the overall culture in Chicago, how it's more. Listen, I can go all day long. The music, right? The nightlife in Chicago. Chicago is a beautiful city. And for anybody who lets the media di dictate their, their view on the city of Chicago, yes, the winners suck. Don't get me wrong. But when you have a lot of teams, they, they go other places in the Midwest. They go other places in the South. Like, at the end of the day, here's what I'll say. Could the, the public view of the city of Chicago impact uh, free agents coming to Chicago, it could. But I would hope that these players who get paid millions of dollars do more research than letting what the national media depicts Chicago as. It's not Chirac. Chicago, it's Chicago, Illinois. It's a beautiful goddamn city. And it need, the shitting on the city needs to fucking stop, bruh. It needs to stop. But I hope that not. And I hope ultimately we're the, what, third largest market 
in the, I know we're like top five, something like that, as far as like media, TV, stuff like that. The city of Chicago has so much to offer. And if people are letting what the media depicts Chicago as, keeping them from coming to a city like Chicago that's beautiful as Chicago is, then they're just idiots. We don't want them here. All right, let's get into the last thing for today in the mailbag. This is actually a text message. This one's from Jason from Jersey, and he says this. Um, been uh, seeing a lot of Zach Levine rumors lately, and I'm not an advocate to trade him now, but why are all the trade packages so dumb? I think that if we want to trade Zach, we want to win uh, the trade outright because of the Vooch trade and all the other signing trades from the past. If we were able to trade Zach, I think we should look at teams like Thunder or Jazz. Both have lots of draft picks and young players. Thunder can make a big jump this season coming up and may need one more piece to push them further. I don't want Zach traded to the Knicks, and I don't want to lose our next trade. Tell me what you think about this. Here's what I'll say. A lot of the trade packages and ideas you see for Zach Levine are dumb because there's nothing to it. There's no actual meat there. It's writers looking for headlines and, and, and to try to get their offseason content, and that's what it is. And that's why I always say here, Every time I talk about a rumor, every time I talk about a report, I say, let me dig deeper into where this rooted in. And usually it's rooted in an analyst speculating on a podcast or something or on TV and just pure speculation. And then you'll see these outlets take that and turn that into a headline of, hey, did you know that the Bulls are shopping Zach Levine for James Harden? When that was never the way that it was originally presented in their original article, podcast, whatever. That's why you see the headlines that you do. And that's why I always try to break it down here on this platform the way that I do and talk about where it originated from and kind of the tone it was set in because I do think that that matters. And you always get that honest report in here from me. That's what I can say at least other places as well. CHGO Bulls, uh, Pat the Designer over at the Windy City Breeze, definitely my guys, the Shy Bulls podcast with the Kanyak Boys, which everybody needs to go and subscribe to, by the way. Y'all make sure y'all go and check them out. They're the ones who are going to report on it real honest and dig deeper into where it originated from so there you guys go on that but that's today's episode at least for now we've been dropping on average like three episodes a day basically since free agency opened i'm sure i'll see you guys again today but make sure you're following the show at bull central pod you can send us any feedback questions comments concerns bull central pod is email.com lastly if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail the number to do so 773-270-2799 we are the number one spot for everything chicago bulls related because of you guys and like I liked in every episode on. Go Bulls. Love you guys. See red if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Break.